Oh, yes. Yes, 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 indeed. We are live. It is Monday night. It is Toronto. This is the Toronto Beer Podcast. Something just sounded like a phone making a noise. But my phone doesn't make noises. I suspect my wife's phone is around here somewhere. While we let the Curry Brothers entertain us with their dulcet, lo-fi, spacey, surf rock tones. I'm going to see if I can figure out where this mystery phone is. Be right with you. Watching the live feed, you're looking at me, looking around the room. I don't know where that phone sound came from, but there it is. Oh, hello, Jen. Nice to see you. Anyway, we're back. If you are listening to the podcast, that was the Curry Brothers. Link is in the description, as it is 50% of the time when I remember, and hopefully I will tonight. That is a cracking album. Why don't you check it out on Bandcamp? Even if I forget to post the link, you can Google it. It ain't hard. And if you're doing this on the live thing, on one of these live things, well, you don't have a link. You're just going to have to find them yourself. But it's worth every bit of effort because it is a cracking album. As I always say, hey, how are you doing tonight? It is, it's getting dark out already, eh? The summer, you know? Days are getting shorter, I hate to say it. It is still only mid-July, so we're doing okay. Plenty of summer left. And as I always point out to people, being somebody who lives by a beach, the best part of summer is actually late summer, like September when most of the tourists have gone home. Not that I don't like the tourists, but I don't like the tourists. So uh, I almost look forward to it, if I'm honest with you. Anyway, that's not what we're here to discuss. I've got some sort of a... I don't know. I've got issues tonight, guys. That's what it comes down to. I have issues. I'm going to try and fix them as we go along here. But while I'm doing that, you know what? You know what's going to help? They say ale's what cures you. And I happen to have an ale right here in a very beautiful can. If you're watching the live stream, big old tree, sort of a lo-fi print, pink background, what we say, teal and indigo. Oh my golly, what a beautiful can. It's called Rings of Saturn. Rings of Saturn. Of course, famous uh, part of, of Saturn. But kids, if you're listening at home and want to play along, what's another planet in our solar system that has rings? There's another one, a notable one. And its rings tell you something really fascinating about the planet. Anybody know? Any takers? No, I'm going to open this beer. We'll see if anybody jumps in. There are a few live viewers right now. Nobody's jumping in. The other notable planet in our solar system with... Hey, yeah, I'm unarmed has jumped in. Uranus, or Uranus, if you're like that, uh, does indeed also have rings. How about that? And the interesting thing, if you can visualize in your mind the way that Saturn looks, not uh, pictured on this can, incidentally, uh, you typically picture it 
And of course, the orientation of any planet is just relative to where you happen to be in three-dimensional space, literally space. Um, but we tend to view uh, Saturn as its its rotation around the Earth being sort of what we would think of as its equator. Its rings are a little tilted. It's a little off-center, a little bit like the Earth. Our axis is tilted as well. Um, but only slightly. So when you picture Saturn, you tend to picture it either with the rings dead flat or with them just a little tilted. Um, Uranus, its rings are like vertical almost. And that's because it's spinning vertically. Like those rings are around its axis. And it's, it doesn't spin in the same direction that it turns around the Earth. It spins perpendicular to its orbit around the Earth, weirdly. And it's theorized it's because it got hit by some sort of massive space body, like a giant asteroid, and it's got to be huge because it's a gas giant planet. Uh, it's not small. Uh, or possibly another planet, like in the forming of the solar system, it might have collided with another planet, and in the course of the collision, it got turned, and so its rings are in encircling it vertically. Super weird. Look it up. Very, very cool. And that segment we call Half-Baked Astronomy with your friend Chris. Anyway, let's drink this beer, because that's what we're here for. So there's just a little water left in that uh, glass I needed to get rid of. I did rinse this glass out. It had had water in it previously. Seriously, what, what, where is this coming from? Is my phone, no, my phone's on silent. There is a phone in this room or something. Are you guys hearing this? But one of those noises. Oh, I don't know. This is going to drive me bonkers though. Gosh, I hope that doesn't keep happening. Uh, anyway, what was I saying? I've forgotten. I was distracted. That's why this is going to be a real problem. Oh, the glass was clean and had water in it. I rinsed it out again. Anyway, we're good. I'm going to pour this beer. This, by the way, High Park Brewery. Not a beer we've done on the podcast. It's certainly recently. Maybe not in quite a while. Sorry, my printer's just putting itself to sleep. I printed some labels for my beloved wife before I came online. Let's pour this. Oh, get it up on camera. Get it up on camera. Okay, there we go. What do we see here? Well, interesting. Oh, I bumped my mic, you know, because I'm nothing if not consistent. This is listed as a hazy IPA. And I mean, that's certainly not clear. That glass also certainly not clean despite what I said. Uh, it's definitely hazy, but frequently when I am presented with a hazy IPA, what I'm actually expecting is something in the clarity region of, say, orange juice. Um, and this is clearer than that, but it is definitely hazy, so we can give it that. Hazy IPA, Rings of Saturn, from High Park Brewery. A brewery, as I just mentioned. We haven't done a lot on the show. I think I've done something else by them, though. Anyway, I don't think it was this. And even if it was, I've forgotten. So this is a new experience as far as my concussion-addled brain is concerned. Oh, now that smells... Oh. Oh, did anyone listen last week? Were you here with me last week? When I shared it on social media, I said, it can't. they can't all be tens, guys. And they can't. And that one was not. 
This, on the other hand... I mean, a lot can change when it gets in my mouth, but right now it's smelling pretty good. I mean, there is a really nice tropically fruity note. There is some evergreen. I think I'm getting some crystal malt, which is okay. I'm not anti-crystal malt in an IPA. It can help a lot. Depending on the execution of the IPA, use of crystal malt, fine in my books. We'll find out if this exact use is fine, but it's not a... I'm not one of these no crystal malts ever. I don't mind no crystal malt, but I'm not, I don't require it. Yeah, uh, there's some other malty graininess in there. It's uh, almost hay-like, like a barley field. Something else in that fruity note that I'm not, I want to get onto. Melony, maybe? Maybe a little cantaloupe. Yeah, maybe a little cantaloupe. I feel like I should tell a dad joke that uses cantaloupe as the punchline, meaning, of course, cannot be married quickly and quietly with a minimal number of people. Hmm. Anyway, let's drink this. Mm-mm-mm. Hmm. Hmm. That's interesting. It's not bad. Not exactly what I was expecting either, mind you. Hmm. Hmm. It's not bad. I'm going to tell you about it in a second. I need a few more sips. I just need to acquaint my mouth with it. So it is crystal malty. And it's quite bitter. If I reframe this mentally as a West Coast IPA, I'm like totally fine. Giddy up. It's so it's piney. Actually, pine is the the predominant uh, hop flavor that I'm getting on my tongue. That's what hits right out of the top. Evergreen pine. Maybe not quite junipery, but getting in that neighborhood. It's a little woody too. And yeah, a, a fairly large dose of crystal malt, which you can very much taste, which is helping offset what is a very bitter finish, um, which again isn't isn't bad. The problem is when I pick up a can of hazy IPA. Oh, and it's also six and a half percent. I was gonna say I have a feeling like. I'm getting a bit of boozy heat off of it, but I almost wondered if that was more of the crystal malt kind of tricking my mind because often where you get that crystally malty pop is off of um, double IPAs that are like, like great double IPAs. You don't notice it at all, but great double IPAs are really difficult to do and totally okay. Double IPAs often have a, a notable crystal malt note because there's so much hops in there. They need to offset that, uh, that that bitterness this at 6.5 percent does drink a little hot now as i mentioned last week my fridge tends to run warmer than a lot of people keep their fridges i think it's about six degrees so that can often lead to a little bit more of that sort of flavor and heat coming out 
I am reading the can now because I've already looked at it. Uh, it says Rings of Saturn is a full-bodied New England-style hazy IPA. Dry hop for big notes of mango, sweet citrus, and stone fruit. Well, I have another can. I'm not going to open it right now, but I will consider that the next time I drink it. There are tropically notes. Mango, you could say sweet citrus. I don't get a ton of stone fruit, which I typically think of as being peaches, nectarines, plums. Mangoes are stone fruits too, but we've listed them separately, and we do tend to do that. But there is quite a bit of evergreen. It's, it's, it's quite piney. I suspect there's Simcoe in here is going to be my guess. Um, and there's no mention of that. The other thing is... I'm not entirely comfortable with calling this a New England IPA. There's a lot of bitterness um, on the finish, which again, as I said, if I was drinking this and thinking of it as a West Coast IPA, in fact, in a way, it might not be quite bitter enough. It's not squeaky at all. I don't feel any, 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 any resinousness in my mouth or on my teeth, which can be a reality with West Coast IPAs. But between that really notable malty, and as I say, I'm pretty sure crystal malty uh, sweetness, a bit of alcoholic heat, and, and a very notably bitter and piney uh, hop presence. Um, it's one of those things that's interesting. I always wonder, maybe if I went back to a focal banger and tried it, but no, I, I remember that well enough. It's not as juicy, not bitter as a lot of the m more modern interpretations of the style, but it's not this bitter. Um, so, just to be clear here, I actually don't have any problems with this beer in of itself. I think I have a problem with what it's being called. And I'm not normally too keen on being like the style name police. But I do also think that from the point of view of, I guess, just honesty in the, in the consumer relationship, there's something almost raisiny, which I think is coming from the alcohol. Or more like prune. Hmm. Could be related to the yeast, too. Although I assume this is a California yeast. It shouldn't have anything to do with it at all. It almost gives it like a British kind of feel. Anyway. I think it's important as much as possible to try to label your beer with an appropriate style, a style which its description at least roughly matches the description of, of the beer um, that you're selling as that. If I'd gone to a bar and thought, you know what I really want? I really want a New England IPA. Something like a life in the clouds. Beautiful. 
and and they didn't have what I was looking for. They didn't have Life in the Clouds. But they said, "Oh, we have a New England IPA. It's it's um, Rings of Saturn from High Park." I'd say, "Oh yeah, sure, I'll give it a try." I would be disappointed with this beer, not because the beer itself is bad, but because this isn't really a New England IPA, or at least it isn't in, as far as my experience goes. It could be way out to lunch here. Uh, you know me and using the E word. I try and stay away from that. Like, you'll notice I keep drinking it. I'm certainly going to finish it. I, I, I like the beer. I'm just really hung up on the fact that I'm like, it's just not a New England IPA. And that's unfortunate because if they'd called this a West Coast IPA, we'd, we'd all have a wonderful trip. But it'd be great. Um, so that's what I got. Now, the question becomes, is this missed execution? Did they set out to make a New England IPA but accidentally made a West Coast IPA? Which, I say accidentally, it's kind of hard to accidentally do that. This is not all late hop additions, or if it is, they've used an insane amount of hops. Although, typically when you get to that level of hopping, you start to get some plant material taste, and I'm not getting any of that, so that's positive. It's... As I'm drinking it and the hop um, presence is, is building in my palate, it's not as aggressively bitter as the first few sips, but I can't forget that that was the first few sips, and it's just because those bitter receptors have been filled in now. Um, I can't see a world where this beer didn't have some earlier hop additions than, say, anything later than a five-minute and more likely a flame out addition. We're talking maybe a half hour, maybe, maybe a first wort. Like, I don't know, but I feel like this beer definitely has some bittering hop additions, which is typically not something that you get in a new England IPA. Similarly, that presence of the, what I'm assuming is crystal malt indicates that there must be early hop additions because you, you're trying to set off that bitterness by adding some sweetness from the malt. New England IPAs, you don't typically have to do that. You typically use a pretty simple malt bill, just two-row or Pilsner malt, and then they'll add adjunct grains to, to add to the body of the beer, which we haven't even talked about yet, which I'll get to. Um, but they'll add in wheat and, and oats, and especially the oat side of things, um, because what they're trying to do is, is create that density, that, that weight, to the, the body of the beer, which is typical, pardon me, typical, burped and hiccuped at the same time. Kind of hurt, if I'm honest with you. Becoming an old man, going to have to get myself an Alka-Seltzer after this. Uh, oh, the body, uh, and that it's typical. It's typical of a New England IPA to have that creamy, velvety, weighty body. This beer does not have a velvety, creamy, weighty body. It has a maybe off light towards medium, but still fairly light bodied body, which is totally acceptable for virtually any other style of IPA. It's just not quite right for a New England IPA. And actually I noticed when I was looking at the can, it does say it contains barley. It doesn't say anything about wheat or oats which certainly that's not a legal requirement. They don't have to say it, but you feel like because they listed barley that they probably would have also listed wheat and oats, and they haven't. So that's interesting. 
What do we think of this beer? The take home on this is absolutely check it out. It's a tasty beer. It's a good West Coast IPA. Um, even the wording hazy IPA, I would be fine with because this is clearly an IPA. There's no doubt that this is an IPA. And as noted, it's not clear. It is, in fact, hazy. But then it also does say that uh, it's a full-bodied New England-style hazy IPA. It's not. Um, it's like a hazy West Coast IPA, which isn't a bad thing. Oh, I'd gotten on a tangent, and I think I got off to it, with whether they'd set out to make a New England IPA but hadn't managed to... Oh, yeah, and that's when I started talking about the early hop editions. Because the way that I think that they've failed to do it is they've added early hop editions, which has made it not a New England IPA. Um, there's just some foundational things about the way that you make a New England IPA that I'm guessing hasn't happened here. Uh, I feel like there's early hop additions. I feel like the late hopping probably wasn't as generous as is required. And furthermore, a good New England IPA should use biotransformation, which is the addition, a dry hop addition, while fermentation is still taking place, allowing the yeast to... Uh, bio-transform um, some of the uh, aspects of the hops, which adds to both the hoppy presence and, again, also the body. A really significant amount of the undertaking of a New England IPA is actually focused on the body of the beer, the weight of it. Uh, oh, hey, Kevin. Glad to have you aboard. Um, and I just don't think that's happened here. So, Going back to the question that I keep getting sidetracked off of, did they were they aiming when they invented this beer to make a, a hazy New England style IPA and didn't, or did they just make this and call it that because that's like a popular thing because everybody wants a hazy New England IPA? I'm not sure what the answer here is. Um, you know, if anybody from High Park Brewery wants to reach out to me, again, I don't think this is inherently a bad beer. It's tasty. I'm gonna finish it. I just don't think it's a New England IPA. It, it certainly isn't to me. And uh, hey, if anybody out there isn't from High Park Brewery, but you've had this, you can weigh in. Did it taste like a New England IPA? Did I just have a weird can? I don't think so. Seems improbable. I bought it from the LCBO. Um, but uh, yeah, that's where we're at. This is a West Coast IPA that just has a different name. Yeah, it's a, it's a, Tasty West Coast IPA. I'd be fine with that. Um, it'd be great. What would I eat with it? Oh, I mean, again, a bit of that alcoholic heat, the higher proof, some real astringency from the bitterness, piney. Uh, fruitiness is more of a, a backdrop. Um, I mean, obviously, uh, funky cheese is going to go good here. My cheddars, my beamsters, love that with this. That's going to work real well. This is an interesting one. You know, I'm tempted to go to the go to the well of Indian food, as I often do with the uh, hoppier beers. It would probably work fine, um, but not necessarily the direction I'd go. You know what? Actually, this would go pretty well with it's toast and Marmite. How do you feel about toast and Marmite? That... There is still a little hint of dried fruit that I keep getting on the on the aftertaste. And it there is almost a a yeasty quality. Maybe it is a little vegetal. 
especially as it's warming up a little bit, because by the way, it is real hot in here in physically where I am right now. It's got to be over 30 degrees in here. I've got the window open and everything and I am cooking. Yeah, that's what we're doing with that. This is Rings of Saturn Hazy IPA from High Park Brewing. Brewery? Brewery or brewing? Brewery. High Park Brewery. This is not a bad beer. It's a tasty West Coast IPA. It's billed as a New England style IPA, which for my money, it's not. Your mileage may vary. If you're the maker of this beer and you want to disagree with me, that's your purview. I'm fine with that. We can agree to disagree or we don't have to agree to disagree. You can disagree with me. That's fine. We don't have to find some false middle ground to me. Everything I know about New England IPAs, this isn't, but it's still a very good beer. It's a totally acceptable West Coast IPA. It's better than acceptable. It's very drinkable. Uh, nicely bitter, piney. Yes, definitely some tropical fruits. Uh, certainly, I'm still not getting much in the way of peaches. It's a stone fruits. I'm not, I'm not really getting any of that. Um, yeah, tasty West Coast IPA. Call it that in your brain and you will be a-okay. You'll really enjoy this beer. It's very nice. I, I, I'm looking forward probably after my dry spell this week. I'm not going to have another one tonight. I'll have it on Friday. Uh, programming my brain that what I'm about to have is a West Coast IPA and I bet it'll be great. I bet I'll love it. You're going to have this with hot wings. That's what you want to have it with. Or if you're like me, some sort of uh, not meat-based hot thing. Tofu nuggets sounds great. Fake chicken tenders, brilliant. Bring them on. Just bread them, fry them, toss them in hot sauce. A vinegary hot sauce here, something, I mean, Frank's if you like it. I know a lot of people have a real bee in their bonnet about Frank's. I, I, first off, I'll just say, get over yourself. It's a tasty hot sauce. Is it particularly hot? No. When it drips down the neck of the bottle, I lick it clean with nary a... a a flutter of my eyelid at the heat. Uh, but it's pleasingly spicy. It's tangy. You can taste the peppers in it, which is a nice touch. I'm fine with that. And if you're like me and you want more heat, just take one of your stupid hot sauces out of the fridge that are like blindingly hot. Put a couple of drips of that in with the Franks and then toss whatever it is you're eating with that. And you just turned your Franks up by, you know, 30%. So that that works. This would be a good beer for that. Yeah, yeah, that's what you're going to eat with it. Uh, or some funky cheese. Funky cheese would work really well here. Mm -mm -mm. Oh, did I mention that I'm getting really hot in here? I'm looking at my face in the video and I'm, I can see I'm, I'm, I'm glistening, as they say. Which is to say I'm sweating, but it hasn't started beating up yet. So it's just, just glisten on my forehead. I'm, I'm glistening. Uh... That's what we're having. Where did I get it? I got it at the LCBO. You can get it there, too. Uh, you can also, I'm sure, get it at High Park Brewery. I don't know where that is. One would assume close to High Park, although they don't give it an address, which makes me think that, indeed, this might actually be a contract brewery. But I bet wherever they contract brew it, you could probably buy it there if they have a bottle shop. Many do. Um, be ready for a West Coast IPA, because that's what it is. And you'll love it. If you're looking for a New England style IPA, feel free to try it. Be prepared to 
have a West Coast IPA. Mm -mm -mm. Gosh, it's hot. Hey, here's what we're going to do. I don't have a whole lot to say. I don't even have a PSA off the top of my head. I could talk to you a bit more about the rugby. It was a fantastic weekend for rugby, and it was the Open, which is kind of cool if you like golf. Um, I did not do well in my golf pool this year, sadly. Tied for last. I had a rough Masters, that's what it came down to. If I come out swinging in the Masters, the rest of the season goes great. By the way, I'm in a majors pool. You have to choose four golfers for each major, and you can only pick a golfer once. See how this goes? It's great. Incidentally, this pool's been going on for a long time. I think to the, this day, I'm still the only person who has ever picked the winner of all four tournaments in one year. So even on, in years when I tie for last place, I still have that to brag about. And they can never take that away from me. And even if somebody else does it, I did it first. So I feel pretty good about that. Do I know that much about golf? I mean, probably more than the average person, but I certainly don't follow it that closely. You know, I'm familiar with my my uh, Cam Smiths and my Brooks Kiepka, and I know how to pronounce his last name. So I guess that does put me into a slightly higher than average uh, level. Um, I know I never bet on Tiger. In fact, in the history of the pool, I don't think I've ever selected Tiger Woods since his way too dramatic affair divorce situation. I said at that point, I don't need this guy on my team. He can do his own thing. And indeed, he has, including smashing the crap out of his car and destroying his legs. I do feel bad for him about that, but it was a self-inflicted injury. What were we saying? Yeah, good week for golf. Man, and it was that. Oh, I didn't even get to watch any of it, which is a bit of a heartbreak. So I had a lot of rugby this weekend. Oh, I do need to tell you something about rugby. Uh, but it was at, uh, at St. Andrews, which is one of the most magnificent courses in the planet. Not that I've ever even been near it to play it, but it's just beautiful. I do need to tell you about rugby because uh, Mark went down for the good guys, the Balmy Beach TRU2s, which is to say our fours team, which is to say the team that they sometimes let me run on the field and play a little bit of rugby with in my senior years. Uh, we won the TRU, which is the Toronto Rugby Union Division II Championship this past weekend with a bonus point win over Coburg. All we needed was a bonus point win, and that put us out of reach of everybody else in the division. And indeed, we had a bonus point win. So we win, which is great. First silverware of the year for Balmy Beach Club. Very proud to have been part of that team, even if it was only for you know, fits and starts, snatches of minutes here and there. Uh, I don't know if you can actually see in the video. I've got a scuff here, and you can't really see it, but this eye's kind of swollen. I got, I don't know what that was. Might have even been the ground. Uh, that was a punch, but, uh, you know, I, I, I picked up a few battle wounds in that game. Not many, because I only played for about four and a half minutes, but I still had fun. I was supposed to play longer, but the official whistled the game down, which is the story of my life this year. The coach puts me in with 10 minutes to go and we only play for four. Who knew? Anyway, it was a, it's been a fantastic season and the season's not over. We still have like two more games, but they're irrelevant because we've already won. We just get to go out and have fun. Um, 
And we'd like to keep our undefeated streak going. So I'm not <laughs> envisioning starting anytime soon, to, to say the least. Uh, so that was a great one. And, and also um, beautiful wins uh, internationally from Ireland. Finally, for the first time ever, defeating New Zealand in a... Uh, in a tour. So Ireland won two of the three games in New Zealand, which hasn't happened to New Zealand since 1994 or 1997 or something. It's been like 30 years or not quite 30, but closing in on that. Um, okay. I get it. It's been 25 or 27, depending on which year it was. I don't know. Leave me alone. Um, and England knocked off Australia, which to be fair, I think at the beginning of like the outset of the tournament, Anybody who knew anything about England and Australia would have expected England to win the tournament. <laughs> or it's not a tournament, uh, uh, um, the tour, three games. But at the same time, everyone always is kind of a little like, oh, maybe, maybe they're not going to win. Um, and indeed, they won. They lost the first game and they won the subsequent two. Not handily, like they were both close games, but they, they dominated. Uh, Wales sadly lost, but that wasn't unexpected. The fact that they won one game and nearly won another. That's all we were looking for. And unfortunately, Scotland fell to Argentina, which is great for Argentina and real bad for Scotland. But we don't need to get into that. Look, I've lost all my viewers on Instagram. Apparently, the Instagram viewers are not interested in rugby, whether it's uh, ultra local or international. <laughs> Who knew? Anyway, that's it for the Toronto Rugby Podcast. <laughs> I wonder if there is a Toronto Rugby podcast. I certainly don't have time to start it, but uh, if there isn't and you're interested in rugby and you do start it, you could have me on as a guest anytime. I will talk about whatever. <laughs> yeah, I'm an arm said they came for Uranus. Maybe they did. Maybe it's all about... I always, I always go to say astrology. Um, if you're into astrology, you do you. Far be it for me to... Uh, criticize that. Uh, I, I myself not into astrology. And typically when I say astrology, the word I'm reaching for is astronomy. I just generally miss. Hey, speaking of astronomy, you see those pictures from the James Webb Space Telescope? Man, what a time to be alive. Seeing uh, galaxies that formed 13.2 billion years ago when the universe itself only became visible. It wasn't just a cloud of energy and stuff. 13.4 billion years ago. Now I realize 0.2 billion years is a really long time, but compare that to the 13.2 part. It's like a blip and we're seeing that we're seeing it guys. We're seeing galaxies that formed that are probably gone now. But because of the nature of space and time, we're seeing them as they're forming. That's amazing. What an incredible thing. You know, it's real easy to look around. This is the PSA, by the way. Get ready for it. If you want to make notes, now's the time. As I would say, it's real easy to look around. It's beyond that. It's impossible looking around at the world not to feel pretty bad, right? There's an insane war happening that I understand why we're kind of letting it go on. But at the same time, we're all just cautiously watching war in Europe and going, oh, I really hope this doesn't go the way the last two did. <laughs> Which, like, fool me once, shame on. Yeah, anyway, uh, 
so that sucks. We're burning carbon into the atmosphere at rates like that are just continuing to go up, even though we know we need to reduce it. Sea level going crazy. Did you see the video today of the freak waves in Hawaii that washed over a two story high condominium? And it wasn't a tidal wave. Those were just waves, just the regular old waves that roll up the Hawaiian coast sometimes. Like, we're destroying the planet, and which is to say we're not. The planet's going to be a-okay. It's just some of the life on it, mainly us, not going to do so well in this scenario, and it's completely inflicted by us. The, 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 the stark reality everywhere we look, you look around Toronto, homelessness, rife, people who three years ago were stable and secure are living in tents and we're doing very little to help that out. It's awful. Things are terrible. And I don't want to take away from that. All of that stuff, 100% true. It's terrible. And yet there are pictures that we are now able to take of galaxies that we're seeing them almost at the beginning of time, like time. We now have the technology that we can see pictures of things from the beginning of time, more or less almost. We might get there. We might get some soupy pictures because that's how far away they are. It's crazy. I, I'm amazed that people aren't losing their minds about this. People are, if you know the right people. But generally, the public are like, oh, yeah, cool. Uh, you know, stars and stuff looks a little bit like Star Trek. <laughs> it's like, yeah, it does. Except this is real. <laughs> like, we're doing that now. We're getting those images. It's mind blowing. So in spite of all the terrible, depressing awfulness that we are surrounded by, we can take some solace. And that was a very intentional word choice in these images that we are now as, as, as humanity, because it's important to realize the James Webb Space Telescope, this is not an American telescope. It's not a European telescope. It relies on technology and discovery that came from, well, everything we've ever known about telescopes, centuries of work, uh, have culminated in this. It's nobody's. It's all of ours. And we've done that. We've done that. And we've got, I mean, we've got the pictures to prove it. That's amazing and inspiring. And like I say, it doesn't remove any of that terribleness, but it gives us a reason to work against that terribleness. It would be very easy at this point to give up. And I, I'm not saying that like, no trigger warnings necessary here. We're not talking about suicide ideation, anything like that. But just to dust your hands and say, I'm going to live the best life I can in the time I've got left and then cash out and don't care what happens. It would be very easy. And, and, and I know that's the reality for a great number of people. We don't have to let go yet. We're doing amazing things. We have amazing technology. We have just the most mind-bending, incredible science and we can make use of it, and we ought to. And those pictures are a reminder of that. And we are we're doing a few things right. Anyway, that was your PSA for the night. This beer from High Park Brewery, Rings of Saturn. Still talking astronomy. This should have been called the Toronto Astronomy Podcast. 
This is a very solid West Coast IPA. It is not, as advertised, a New England IPA, but I would still encourage you to pick it up. Just go in with your head up knowing that that's what you're buying. You'll be a very happy camper. Until next week, go take a look at those photos from the James Webb Space Telescope. And if your mind isn't blown, stop and think about what you're looking at and really try and engage with it and let your mind get blown because it's worth it. It's definitely worth it. You will not regret that. That will be a good 10 minutes well spent on the internet. And by the way, those images are public and they, they have high res ones. You could print out a wall sized poster of that, that, uh, of the image that you like, pick one, uh, print it out, put it next to your bed, put it on your mirror in the bathroom. So you see it every morning when you go in and brush your teeth. If you need a little something to remind you that we're terrible for the most part, but we are capable of incredible things and we need to focus on that and, and push for that incredible things. That's what we need to be doing. That's a heavy message for a beer podcast, but that's what you get. We'll catch you next week. I'll be back in seven days drinking something. And you know what? It's going to be delicious. Until then, this is Rob Curry and the Curry Brothers. Link Ray Gunn off of their EP. What's it called? We Are the Curry Brothers. How could I not remember that? They're great people. Check out their record. Pick up, buy it off Bandcamp and uh, support them. They're amazing. Have a great night.